Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey there, welcome back to the latest episode of The Book of Joe podcast with me, Tom Verducci, and of course, Joe Madden. And Joe, super excited about our guest today. Um, He needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. The most wins in Division One college basketball, five national titles, a member of the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, and, and you'll love this, Joe. He's also a member of the National Polish American Sports Hall of Fame, so that counts for a lot too. Please welcome Coach K, Mike Shashevsky. Coach, how are you? Yeah, it's great being on with you guys, and congratulations on the book, uh, the book of Joe that I've started reading it. Joe actually sent me a copy, autographed, spelled my spelled my name right and everything, and uh, uh, but it, it's uh, it's really good. You know, I, I call it a, like a common sense book, and uh, boy, do we need a lot of common sense going around right now. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought up the book because obviously our podcast here is based off the book, and we wanted to produce something that was even more than just a quote-unquote baseball book with life lessons and especially the kind of intersection of leadership, teamwork, and what makes a team a team. And I can't think of any better guest coach to have on than you. Um, One of your quotes that I really I love when I first heard it, I don't look at myself as a basketball coach. I look at myself as a leader who happens to coach basketball. I love that because we tend to identify people by the jobs that they do and their titles, but you know better than anyone that the job of being a coach is really being a leader and, of course, a teacher. So I got to ask you, is that something that you knew early on 
that being a coach was more than just the X's and the O's. Yeah, no, obviously uh, it's got to be that combination. And, you know, I, when I was 16, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I thought I wanted to be a high school teacher and I wanted to be a coach. And although I've retired from coaching, I haven't retired from teaching and learning. You know, if you, uh, in, you know, leadership, if you only learn about leadership from the people in your profession, you are really running a, you know, on a very narrow road. You, know, you, you can learn about leadership from everybody and uh, in all walks of life. And I've learned it from speaking to businesses, watching football coaches, baseball coaches, you know, actually watching Joe because he was coaching my Cubbies for a, a, long, a long time and brought us our first World Series in a, in a century. Uh, and uh, I went to the best leadership school in the world, the United States Military Academy, and uh, we learned that uh, leadership is something that you have to study all the time, all the time. I'm still studying it, and I'm actually now a professor at our Fuqua School of Business in the, in the study of leadership, and uh, uh, I love it. It's the best profession in the world. Coach, just to dovetail into that a bit, the creation of culture at Duke University. And, um, you know, that's something that uh, as a young manager, when I was with the Devil Rays and then eventually got to the Cubs and tried to do the same thing with the Angels, the creation of a culture. Right. And um, uh, just the question is, was there certain elements that you would uh, try to intentionally bring to it? Or was it more an organic approach or was it a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. And, you know, once I learned how to be a good coach, it takes a while. Uh, I, uh, I really was driven by values, uh, common ground. How can you get ownership from everybody? Where uh, I used to tell, I told my U.S. teams, I coached the U.S. team for 11 years. I said, you're not playing for the United States. Uh, we won't win if you're playing for the United States will win if you are United States basketball. How do you own something? And you own it by sharing, having the same standards, having standards that the players and the coaches uh, develop and values. And uh, we were a value-based culture at Duke and with the U.S. uh, And we celebrated the values of integrity, respect, uh, uh, courage, selfless service, loyalty, duty, and trust. And uh, we talked about those things, and and uh, th- those were our constants. And our, our offense and defense ran better if we uh, always were on the same page with our values. I love that. Good, Tommy. Hey, Coach K, I mean, I'm, Joe tells a great story in the book about when he inherited the Devil Rays and having to change the culture. He had a lot of guys on uh, unofficial scholarships, entitlement. Uh, the team had never, literally never won before, so they didn't know how to win. It took a while to change that culture. And I, one quote from you I found really interesting. We all think of the culture you established at Duke, and we all think, well, maybe it just kind of ran on autopilot after a while. But I love what you said where you said, don't take your culture for granted. Right. There needs to be a constant renewal of values that lead to camaraderie. Can you explain that even after all those years at Duke that you never could take that culture for granted? Well, you know, I was fortunate when it used to be you had guys for four years 
So a lot of our culture was taught by our juniors and seniors. Uh, and they were our best players. They were, they were better than the freshmen. Then the one and done started around 2010 and our best players were freshmen <laughs> and uh, they were going to go in one year. And, uh, and we had a turnover. There was a lot of turnover. And uh, so we taught, uh, we, re- we had to come up with different ways of teaching our culture. And a big thing that we did was everyone that surrounded them, the managers, the secretarial staff, the trainers and whatever, I got them more intimately involved in uh, making sure our culture was adhered to and, uh, and that people saw it. And I made sure that the new guys knew everybody's name and said, please and thank you. And, and also, I didn't make any promise. I've never made a promise to a player in recruiting him that he was going to get a certain amount of playing time, shots, uh, you're going to start. And uh, I said, I'll promise that I'll never take away the thing that's made you good right now. I'll just develop it. And I said, you know what that is? And I said, most of them did not know. I, I, I said, you've been hungry. You know, you've had, you've been driven to be good. As soon as I start giving you something for nothing, uh, I take that away from you. I want to build on that. And that's how you're going to become the best player that you can become. And so when I went into a locker room, I didn't have to figure out who I promised stuff to. They were all promised the same thing. And that was common ground. And I, I've done that even with the U.S. team. And, uh, I think it works, you know, uh, you know, you, you need to be straightforward with somebody. Two of my standards were always, I'm going to look you in the eye. I want you to look me in the eye and I want to tell you the truth all the time. And I'll be one of the few people on earth that'll be in your life that will always tell you the truth. And, uh, I, you screw around with a recruit. I say, yeah, man, you're wearing a nice shirt. Look at those pants you're wearing. I said, your shoes suck, but, uh, and, and, and I said, the thing you remember now is that your shoes suck. By the way, they don't. But there's going to be a timeout where, you know, you're not playing while you come to the bench. And I'm going to say, look, get your head out of your butt. You're a good player. Get the hell out there and start being that good player. And I don't want you to look at me and say, you know, coach, you know, and start making excuses. You know, we need instant, instant trust. And uh, I've loved that. I really, I, I've done that my whole life, and uh, and I try to rec- I, you know, some obviously on a major league team you don't have control over everybody that comes into the organization, but I did uh, with my team, and we recruited talent, and we recruited character. We recruited talent with character, not talented characters, and uh, and they were a lot better. <laughs> we want to help a lot more. It was a lot more fun being with them. I mean, Coach, you're just drawing so many parallels. It's it's, it's really a lot of fun to listen to all of this. Um, uh, right down to the truth, my line has always been, if I tell you the truth, you might not like me for a week or 10 days, but if I lie to you, you're going to hate me forever. No, that's great. And you just kind of, you know, you kind of relate that right there. And I, it's great to hear that validated. The other thing is the first time eyes. you got to approach everything as though it's the first time, uh, which is the hunger component of this whole thing. And uh, But I really love, like you uh, you have to be uh, U.S. basketball. You just can't right. play for them. You're not trying to win for them. And the ownership component really 
resonates strongly, I think, with the Cubs. That was one thing I really tried to uh, drive home was the fact that the ownership part of it, when when groups or, or people within groups feels that they have, they have ownership in this situation, you're definitely going to get the best uh, version of them and you're going to get that level of accountability we were talking about prior uh, to us uh, recording this whole thing. So it's wonderful to hear all of this, Coach, because honestly, um, it's, it's a lot of what I believe in and you're putting it in, in other words, which really resonates with me uh, deeply. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you know, Joe, we, we uh, uh, that's why I said about the book. I haven't read the whole thing, but to me, a lot of it is common sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I've learned is right there, there are different ways of saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you just stay in your profession, you end up trying to say the same, the same way. And by getting outside and uh, actually, you know, you've been uh, on my show uh, before and I've learned from having my show uh, and uh, just listening and different, different ways of, uh, of phrasing, uh, phrasing things. Yeah. You know, and, Look, if you own it, you're going to fight for it, you know. Uh, and I've, I want a team that's going to fight for it. And we got a better chance of winning if we're fighting together and uh, we have a common common cause. Uh, yeah, I, one, one of the cool things we did with the Olympic team, the first time we met, you know, I told them, you hear that expression, leave your egos at the door. Somebody said that to the team, and I said, uh, you know, listen, bring your egos in, man. You know, we're going to need them to beat the Gasols and the Ginobili's. And by the way, Kobe Bryant and LeBron, we're going to bring them in no matter what, and which is good. But let's put them all under one ego umbrella, you know, the USA, and then we'll be really damn good. And, uh, you know, I don't want you to hear and see only. I want you to feel. And I swear to God, this, this is exactly what happened. And it was one of the beautiful moments for me as a coach. I told them uh, after our meeting, it was our first meeting, we were practicing in Vegas at the Wynn. Uh, and I said, go up to your rooms and be 16 for one minute. I know you guys are studs and zillionaires and whatever. And what we did was we had their Olympic uniforms on their beds. And... Uh, I said, just look on your bed and be 16 for a minute. That's all I'm asking you to do. Later that night, I was playing some video poker, and I get a, a tap on my shoulder, and it's Kobe Bryant. And Kobe said, I said, what's up? He said, Coach, I did what you asked me to do. And, uh, and I said, what happened? He said, I cried. And I knew then that that was the start of us feeling and then we got the military involved a lot. We brought uh, wounded warriors in and just to teach these guys what commitment, selfless service was all about. And that's going outside of your, you know, your, your lane that you normally do. Uh, you, you, different ways of motivation. There's motivation and there's inspiration. And I think you need, you need both. And, uh, uh, the Wounded Warriors, the, the Jersey. I don't call them motivation. I call them inspiration. I love that. And by the way, one other common denominator I've noticed between the two of you is leadership without having so many rules. Yeah. 
And, and I know, Joe, you're famous for allowing players to to be themselves and not constrain, as you, as you would say, don't get in the way of greatness. And for you, Coach K, I know you also believe that if you have too many rules, that gets in the way of leadership. Why don't you explain the way you ran your teams uh, as it regarded rules and rule making? Well, I went to a school that had a regulated West Point and book of rules. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when you think of ownership, you never own a rule. You uh, obey it or you disobey it. But if you can develop standards, the standards, the way you do things all the time, and you require others to do it, they, they're kind of like rules. When we had standards meeting with our Duke team or the U.S. team, I would get them into a meeting room and say, uh, and I'd prep them I talked to three or four guys before and asked them if they would contribute. You never know if they will, but they did. And a simple rule, a kid in our first meeting after I said, look each other in the eye, tell each other the truth is, can anyone contribute? And it's a moment of truth because you don't know if any of them are going to. <laughs> and, uh, and Jason raised his hand and he said, uh, coach, we should never be late. You know, we should have respect for one another. And never be late. So I said, what do you guys think? And they said, yeah. And I said, speaking of respect, we've gotten our butts beat in four of the five last major competitions with the international world because we didn't practice well. Uh, we didn't think we needed to practice. Uh, one standard, we can never have a bad practice. And it can't be my practice. It's a singular program. It's got to be our practice. And really for the 11 years I coached, uh, we never had a guy wait and we never had a bad practice. And we had our first team, we had 15 standards and, uh, but I never had a rule. And, uh, uh, and, but the standards are a way of living. You know, if you have to live only by rules, I don't know if it ever becomes yours. I, I, uh, I'm not saying you should never have them. I don't like them. I'd rather go the standard route. What I used to do, Coach, I would have a lead bulls meeting, something I learned out of a Mishner book. And I would try to get the I, eight, maybe nine most influential guys on the team. I'd get them in a room, and I would just start throwing thoughts out to them, just uh, different, how are we going to conduct ourselves, right? Uh, not necessarily rules I thought I refer to them as policies. And um, so what's important to us go. And then around the room, everybody would come up with different thoughts um, regarding policy and we would discuss it. And I said, okay, by the end of this discussion, uh, whatever we decide, we're going to, you guys are going to take it out to the team, to the group uh, as a whole. And I want you to express to them exactly how we're going to conduct ourselves during the course of the year, whether it was in the clubhouse, on a plane, in a hotel, Whatever it might be, um, uh, families in the clubhouse, kids in the on the field for batting practice, et cetera. But I found, again, like you're saying, if you, if you put it in their court, no pun intended. I mean, with the lead bulls, um, then I want them to uh, carry on, and I'm going to stay out of the way as much as I possibly can. I only interfered when I thought it was if it gets to the point where there's just you need a tiebreaker, right? It's just not it's just not working right. Uh, then it would come to me and then I would tell them what I thought. But I'm really big on I was really big on uh, listening, like you said earlier, and trying to have them create thought and then implement. Because after all, when the clubhouse 
in the Major League Baseball situation runs of its own will or volition, that's the best clubhouse you could possibly have. But it's constantly being imposed upon by me or coaches or front office. You're not going to get what you're looking for. Well, they own it. <laughs> that's right. They there own you go. It. And it's, it's, <laughs> that's correct. It's theirs. And, you know, Tom, when you're talking about like uh, uh, rules on, on the court, like I might draw up a play, of, you know, what we're supposed to do. But I always told my guys to follow their instincts. And I, I, I call it having agility, uh, making reads. Like if you see something, you're going you're to see some things that might be better than the play or within the play. Go for it. And, uh, and uh, I, I love that. I got the most out of that from, from coaching because uh, – it made your players smarter and more attuned. They owned that also. And obviously, they're not going to be successful all the time. But uh, like I said, that was a good read. It didn't happen. Keep keep making those reads. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think you win championships, big games by players are in the moment. Players are playing the moment. A coach or manager is not playing the moment. They're reacting to what a moment might be or what a moment just happened. And so if you have, like I call it, on-the-court leadership, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Chris Paul, they're going to see some things in the moment that will make you look like a hell of a coach. And if you have to wait for a damn timeout uh, you know, to put in something, you're behind. You're, you're, you're behind. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, in our sport, a lot of coaches stand up during a game, and that's okay. I'm not critical of that. I never stood up unless I'm yelling at an official. <laughs> but I had my staff sit with me, and they talked to me during the game. So John Shire, who's our new head coach, might say, Coach, we should do this right now while the game's going on. And so when there was a timeout, I never had a staff huddle and then talk to the team. I was talking to the team, to my staff the entire time. And it's just a different way. I'm not saying it's the approved solution, but for me, that worked for me. And I think every leader has to find out what's going to work for him or her uh, in their leadership position. Oh, Coach, I love hearing that because I think you just described really the essence of leadership, not being a dictatorship, but empowering staff and especially the players that you are coaching. But it's important to remember that even someone as successful as Coach K wasn't successful right out of the gate when we get back after this quick break i want to ask him about the learning curve when it comes to coaching be right back this show is sponsored by better help people don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down you may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. 
and BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Book of Joe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Book of Joe. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. Coach K is our guest. And, of course, you know him for all of his national titles, more than a 1,000 wins on the D1 level. But, Coach, you said you wanted to be a coach slash teacher from the time you were 16 years old. And the first time you got the chance to be the head guy was at Army, your alma mater. 1975-76, you go 11-14, and 14, which is not bad, but it's not what we associate with Coach K today. And even at Duke, it probably took you till your fourth year to really turn the corner there. I'm interested not so much in your team's growth, but in your own growth. What did you learn in those early days of coaching that you wish you had known going in? Well, I think there, there's, you know... Uh... Learning through experience is the best thing. <laughs> and uh, I, I took over two uh, rebuilding programs at West Point. The two years before me, they were 7 and 44. And uh, over the five years, we had, a, we, we had really good success. But I learned how to do the dirty work. I learned how to – I just learned about not just coaching, but how to build a program from ground up. And uh, through mistakes, uh, successes, and you know, I had uh, uh, I had people give me the opportunity to coach at West Point, but they also believed in me. Opportunity fo- followed by belief is the best opportunity. At, at Duke, my first uh, three years, we were I think thirty-seven and forty-eight. But that was not during the time of one and done. Ralph Sampson, Michael Jordan, those guys were there for a long time. And I had to not only learn how to coach at another level, 
I had to learn how to recruit at another level. Uh, the guys that were good for Army, they weren't going to be good enough to win in, in the ACC or at a national level. And uh, I, it took me a couple of years to learn that. And then we developed a system of recruiting that really was a foundation for me for my 40 years uh, there. But again, I had an AD who believed in me to, co- uh, to hire me. Uh, there are a lot of fans who wanted me fired after my third year, a lot. And he said, you know, forget all you people. <laughs> this is my guy. And then uh, we turned it around that fourth year and we didn't look back. Let me, let me ask a question there too, Coach. After all, you, then of course, here comes all this success. On an annual basis, after uh, a wonderful year, maybe a national championship, how would you challenge yourself uh, to prepare for that next season after kind of like mind-bending success for so many years? How do you, what did you do to motivate yourself? What were the thoughts that you would incur? Was it reading things? Was it talking to people? Was it listening? Was it becoming introspective? Where, how did you uh, deal with that off-season getting ready for the next season after a very successful previous year? Well, I always looked at why we were successful. So in the military, you have after-action reports. Mm-hmm. You critique what you've done. And it's not all good. Obviously, if you win big, a lot of it was good. And then who do we have coming back? You know, and I, I always say uh, next play. You know, if I was a car, uh, I would not have a rearview mirror. You know, like I want to just look ahead. And for me, uh, I'm sure you've experienced this countless times, Joe. I wanted to be in the moment of my players. You know, as a, I, I, I was not, I was a good player, but I wasn't as, I wasn't on a national championship team, and uh, I wasn't J.J. Uh, Redick and Shane Battier and all these guys. Uh, I, I loved being in the moment of my players, so I was anxious to go to the next moment. I'm always been hungry, uh, and I'm a an anal preparer, uh, like I. Uh, and so I was on to the next thing right away. And uh, uh, that's just how I've been. I, you know, and I, I wasn't afraid to lose. I just, I didn't want to lose. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I wanted to win. And winners, everybody wants to win. Not everybody wants to prepare to win. And a lot after a lot of success uh, of a great year, you can find that the preparation for success again wanes, and in, in, in a, a lot of people, uh, a lot of teams, and that that's why the storied careers of individuals, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, and these guys, uh, they resonate because they were anal preparers. Uh, Kobe Bryant was the best prepared guy I've ever seen. LeBron is just like that. And in my profession, I wanted to be, I call it being worthy of winning. You know, you don't always win when you're worthy of winning, but damn it, you're never going to win unless you're worthy of winning. And the other guy might be worthy of winning too and beat you, but at least you gave it your best. And, uh, you know, I think that's what, that was, that was what I was supposed to do. That was my, uh, 
in the military. That was my mission. And I tried to do that. And after 47 years, I've, and I'm 75 years old, I got tired. I got tired of the amount of preparation and recruiting. And, uh, and it was time to, plus I'm 75 for Christ's sake. <laughs> it's time to, I, I woke up one day, I said, Hey, knucklehead, you're 75. And, uh, and I looked and I said, no, you're, you're lying to me. And the mirror doesn't lie. You know, it doesn't lie. Well, coach K listening to you, I couldn't help but think of something that the great Vince Scully told me. It was his last year broadcasting Dodger games. He was still the best in the business after all those years. And I asked him, how could you possibly be still this good for this long? And he actually gave me a quote that he said he borrowed from Lawrence Olivier when he was asked the same thing about acting. And and I've never forgotten it, and I think there's so much truth to it, to those who do it so well for so long. He said it takes the, the humility to prepare and the confidence to pull it off. And I love that phrase, the humility to prepare, because to me, you just resonated that kind of spirit in that no matter how successful you are, you never take things for granted and you understand what you don't know. You, You never stop learning. You never stop growing. And it's interesting to hear you say that it, it, I'm interpreting this. So correct me if I'm wrong. You didn't want to just downshift. You wanted the same level of preparation, but you got to a point where it just, you knew you couldn't match that level. And that told you it was time to go. Very, really interesting. And I think some similarities there are people who do things this well at a high level for this long. And, and Tom, you know, I still want to learn. I'm very curious. And that's why I speak a lot on leadership and and teamwork. And it's amazing over this last year, I've done so many events, how, like, where, where we're at. <laughs> uh, people with communication uh, is lacking. Uh, accountability is lacking. Relationships are, are lacking. And things that we in the sports world understand are so important. People want to hear about that right now. How do we do that? How do we do that? Uh, now, and uh, I, I it, it, there's a void there. there. There's a void there right now in our in our country. Coach, may I ask you this? I mean, regarding that, and I agree with you 100%. We've talked about that before we went on, but why are we lacking in those areas? What's what, what's the where's the breakdown um, from 20, 30, 40 years ago? Where's the breakdown in regards to communicating these ideas? Uh, why are we not accepting these ideas like we had in the past? Uh, why are like actually some people repelling them? Um, why, which, what's your take on that? Why do you think we've arrived at this point where we are lacking in all these wonderful, what we perceive to be great qualities, which they are. Yeah. Well, I think a big thing is, uh, how we communicate, you know, with zoom phones, you know, COVID obviously took a major hit on, on our society and we haven't recovered from that. People have gotten into the habit of not of not communicating or uh, communicating very superficial uh, officially uh, you know I don't know how it worked with you uh, for me I always coach the same age guys 18 to 22 getting older right so the thing that I had to it's called adaptability I had to adapt in communication you know, maybe two dozen times 
like in the last couple of years, I'm in my 70s, I'm coaching 18 and 19 year old kids. You know, I found their attention span was shorter. So I had to get things done in a shorter period of time, change locations. I need to show them pictures. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I need to have my staff talk more. I needed uh, so, and then I also needed to dress like I was younger, not what, as young as them, where your your message was being being received. And then to go along with that, I just don't think we the accountability factor is alive and well. You know, my middle daughter is the dean of students at a, one of the top high schools here, and she may have a parent come in and her her kid got a C. In a, in a course. And so the teacher's in the meeting and and uh, they blame it on the teacher. And if I'm the teacher, I'm saying, you know, look, I didn't take Jimmy's test. J- Jimmy got the C. I can help Jimmy get a B or an A if he takes the responsibility of having the C. And we don't hold people accountable uh, uh, to do their best. And with accountability comes responsibility and you're responsible for what you do. You are responsible. I can help you do it better, but you're responsible for it. the successes and the failures. And, you know, to change limits requires failure. You know, you don't get an app for a new, <laughs> a new talent. You got to develop the new talent and new talent. There's failure in it. And, and uh, until you get success, that that type of, type of stick-to-itiveness is not, I don't think it's being taught. And then uh, obviously the value system of our country has gone down with all the, you know, the our political stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it, so we've taken a hit. Yeah, you know, we've, taken, we've taken a hit and we need to recover from that. Because uh, it, it's not it's not good. It's not <laughs> it's not good. Of course not. And what you were talking about there that resonated to me also is that you remain contemporary in your own way. Um, you know, whether it was dress, uh, whatever the appearance may have been. But uh, I've always believed in that, too. Jimmy Reese taught me that. Remember Jimmy Reese? Um, yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy was the most contemporary 90 year old I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and, you know, the guys he would make the guys laugh every day. Uh, with a joke, and, and Jimmy just got it. He yeah. just got it. You know, whatever the joke was of the day, Jimmy got it. I always, I always thought that that's something I needed to do, and I always wanted to do. And not, I guess, again, it's an organic thing. Hopefully, and not so much intentional, but the the wanting to remain contemporary and understanding what's going on today. But I mean, I, whether that's you know the the pop stuff, pop culture, whatever, that's easy to remain contemporary with that. But it's not easy to remain contemporary with the lack of values like you're just talking about right now. Uh, when you get a ball club, you know, the first thing in spring training you want is that's, that's, you know, the culture building is to establish all this stuff. And it would just, my hope would be that, that, you know, this becomes popular again. And uh, if there is any old, why, why would that even be considered old school to be accountable? I mean, that, that those are the kind of things that, I think they bother all of us. And these are the things we got to get a, a handle on because it's just going to keep getting worse unless we do. Uh, so you, yes, remain contemporary as a, as a coach, a leader, whatever. But at the same point, same time, you got to really require some, some old standards, some old values like you're talking about to really make this thing work. Otherwise 
I agree with you. It's going to keep going the wrong direction. You know, you, you bring up uh, I, and something I've admired about you. Humor is huge mm-hmm. in teaching culture. Like you, it can't be heavy all the time. Right. And uh, I, even though I don't look like I joke around when I'm on the sidelines, behind the scenes, I have a great sense of humor. I cut up with the guys all the time and whatever. And in watching you, I mean, you guys played 100, you play 180 games with spring training and all that. Right. If you don't have a sense of humor for crying out loud, it's going to get old real, real quick. And I loved what you did, especially watched you with the Cubs. And uh, you had a good sen- sense of humor. You know, you didn't take yourself as serious, even though you knew you were serious. And, mm-hmm. and pe- people, you can get message across with jokes or fooling around and whatever. It can't just be heavy talks. And you've, you've done that. I think that's something I've tried to do my entire, especially as I got older as a coach, I did it even more. And it didn't matter that I didn't have to be humorous with all the writers. Like if Tom was interviewing me, I, I could be more serious. Cause I wasn't sure if those writers would catch our jokes, Joe. <laughs> that's right, man. Right, right over their heads, coach. Right over their heads, man. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you have to explain they, yourself yeah, all the time to these guys. Yeah, well, they use that. Some of their words have more syllables than the ones we uh, we, we use. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember Joe gathering his team together in the outfield before spring training workouts, and I was thinking, man, I wonder what strategy they're going over. You know, maybe this is about fundamentals or relay plays. Turns out, he literally had the joke of the day. That was how they started their day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I had Tim Buss with the Angels and with the Cubs. Bussy is the best coach. If you, whenever you're going on to next, uh, I know you're working with the NBA right now a little bit, but this guy, he's a glue. You need, we, this was one of our original premises with uh, this show was glue guys. And you have to have the glue guys. And glue, every glue guy I've ever met is a pretty funny dude. And uh, everybody gravitates towards them. And they listen to them. That's right. That's right. You know, that's right. I'm sure you've done this, but a lot of times when I had messages to get across to a player, I would talk to another player to get that message across. So peer to peer, you know, also it helps them develop a relationship in, in doing that. Me with that guy. You mean you want me to? Yeah. I, you can explain this better than me. Really? Yeah, you can. And then later I asked the kid, how did you feel? He said, coach, I felt great about doing that. And I said, well, follow up, follow up with it. And then, so you're developing individual relationships with you and a play and the players, players and players, which then are the foundation for your total relationship uh, with the team. And uh, you can't just develop the, like the time you mentioned the word earlier, dictatorship. That, that's just a one to a bunch relationship that uh, it, it, that can't happen. That's not, that's not going to work. Well, Joe, I'm glad you mentioned glue guys. We're going to take a quick break because I've been waiting to ask coach K about identifying glue guys and some of his favorites. We'll dive into that right after this. Cool. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. 
Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Okay, Coach K, glue guys. I mean, we talked about some of the changing values that coaches, not just parents, have to deal with. What I've seen, at least in baseball, is it, the culture is more self-centered than it used to be. The, to me, hallmarks of teamwork are diligence, selflessness, and now we have a culture that sort of rewards individuality, which is not in itself bad, but I think it makes it more difficult in a team environment. I'm thinking about the baseball showcase circuit. Or instead of playing for a team and playing winning baseball, you are trying to showcase your skills individually. So for you, Coach Gay, when you go out, you're on the recruiting trail, and obviously it begins with talent. We all know that. But can you and did you identify guys who will be those glue guys that can make a team a team that see beyond themselves? Yeah, you know, well, we always look for character, even in – like the Leitner, the Tatum, or whatever. Because I always coached my best players the hardest. I always felt that a great player wanted to be better. And instead of using the player, uh, I was going to develop that player. And sometimes I tell them, I'm going to get on your butt like crazy today. And that'll show the other guys stuff. And, uh, and being the best player is lonely because there's a certain amount of jealousy on every, in every unit. And, uh, and so you, you have to get over that. The glue guys are the guys, they, they, they have personalities that are a little bit different. Uh, you know, uh, one of my best glue guys became one of my best leaders, Steve Wojciechowski. You know, he was our hardest worker and, and he, Blue guys feel the pulse of a team. They, uh, Batty A, um, my 
even though he is a national player of the year, uh, he was playing with Jason William, Carlos Boozer, Mike Dunleavy. And, and so sometimes a glue guy doesn't mean that they're bad players. Uh, a glue guy can be your, actually your best player. It's the guy that has the personality. His personality can permeate through the entire team, that people will listen, will listen to him, that he'll say something in a huddle. You know, sometimes at a timeout, I would ask Baddie, what do you think? And he'd say something that's better than me. A cool story uh, when we won our national championship in 2001, our first practice, you know, we stretch and we're ready to go. And usually I would say something to him. And Battier got the team together and he said something. And I said, let's go. I said, I said to myself, I can't say that better than what he said. And then after practice, I said, how did you think of that? He said, what do you mean? What do you said? He said, I don't know, coach. I just said what I felt. I said, well, keep doing that. I didn't talk to the team the rest of the year, right at the, he talked to the team every day. And then, but he also talked to the team on the court. See a glue guy, to me, a lot of catchers are glue guys. <laughs> they, uh, and their voice goes out to everybody. And so if, if they can talk and, and whatever, and again, they're in, we talked earlier about being in the moment. Those glue guys are like that. John Shire, who's the new head coach here, he, he was that type of player and, and, and a glue guy uh, for us. Uh, when we played our last national championship in 2015, Quinn Cook was that guy. He just had the personality uh, to do that. And he, you know, after a practice, Jones was a freshman. He was a senior. You'd see him walking off the court and Quinn had his arm around him. You know, like, good job and whatever. So, uh, but again, a glue guy doesn't mean it's it's like a role player all the time. A glue guy can be your best player, too. Mm-hmm. Joe, I'm sure you loved hearing that about catchers, being a former catcher yourself. But there is something to that. He is dead on. Yeah, he was, he was right on the money with that, Coach. No, I got Joe's, I got <laughs> Joe's note before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice going. Uh, well done. Well done. Well, Coach, it's time, as we do with all of our guests, to play a little game here. Uh-oh. Don't worry. It's very easy to play. We call it a reading from the book of Joe. Yeah. <laughs> we feel like you could crack open our book, and you're going to find something interesting, whether it's about coaching, life, baseball, you name it. So we ask our guests to just pick a number between 1 and 368, and we'll dive in and see what uh, what the reading brings us. So it's your turn. Okay, I'll take 44. Number 44, I would not have guessed that. Now, why is that? you got to tell me. It's Is that a favorite number, a lucky number? That was my high school number. I'm going back to the time I was. I knew I was going to be a player, uh, a coach. And a <laughs> well, this goes back – uh, goes back not quite to high school for Joe, but his pre-managing days when he was on the road as a scout. He wasn't the three-time uh, manager of the year at one time in his life. He had to uh, pay his dues. And that's that's something that's not alive well right now. Either. That's right. 
Earning the right to be there, exactly, yeah. Coach. <laughs> Absolutely. No question. Yeah, so he goes out his first day as a professional scout, and he's on the road with a veteran scout, you know, just trying to learn his way around by the name of Lou Konauer. And they're out in Tucson, Arizona. At spring training, they're looking at teams and players, but Lou decides to teach Joe the, the ways of being a scout. He's got to bring him to the track at night. <laughs> <laughs> There are a lot of scouts who do that. Yeah. And here's what Joe says. He says, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I can make a couple of bucks out of this. I just follow Lou and I can possibly double the little amount of money that he's making at the time. Uh, He says, and what happened? Well, he lost. Whatever I bet, I lost. It was maybe 25 bucks, which might as well have been 10,000 at that point. Right. Then Lou looks at me, puffing on a heater pulling out it deeply smoke all around him. And he gives me that smoker squint. And he says with that Cohenhauer giggle, get him next time, kid. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cool, man. Looking back on it, being so out of your element and taking a risk. Don't you somehow develop balls being in situations like that? And obviously Joe, that's the point of it just being, uncomfortable and learning from brother discomfort brother i mean i left boulder colorado with 100 bucks in my pocket going to (laughs) southern california to become a a major league scout then i have to drive over to arizona with no credit cards whatsoever (laughs) and 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 then they're putting me lou i'm lou's my guy lou funny guy without trying to be and then you go to tucson and i know he probably put my room on his car, but he says, let's go to the truck. I can't say no. no. I can't say I, I can't tell him I have no money. So you just go, you just go take a chance. You go take a chance with it. I lost. And I don't even know what I did after that. But uh, again, you're right. It's, it's about taking chances. It's about taking risks. Um, sometimes you just, you just have to gamble on yourself a little bit, you know, and not knowing what the outcome is going to be, obviously. I'm so happy that I had done that. I was so pleased that Lou was the guy that took me over there. And as you're talking that whole thing through, I could just see him in my mind's eye. I could see Lou sitting next to me in the car or at the ballpark. Um, and that's the thing about our game. And you just kind of alluded to that, the, the earning of these positions. Right. Uh, I feel good about what I've done, of the chances that I've had, because, man, since 1981, I was doing all kinds of – I did all the – you know, I cleaned all the toilets. You know, you do all that right. stuff, and then right. eventually you get opportunities. So uh, those are moments, man, that really resonate with me. I love that. And yeah, I, I do wish I, I, every, I've had a lot of guys that have that played for me become managers. Um, and the thing I advised all of them to do is I said, before you become a major league manager, go and manage rookie ball and be an area scout for at least one draft yeah. and see what that all feels like. But I could not convince any of them to do that. Um, you know, feel like coach, you talked about it. Feel, feel is the gift of experience. Right. And when you get to those hot moments and, Things just don't make sense, and you have to rely on your instincts. If you've not honed them, you don't you, you don't know where to go. So uh, I'm a big believer in all that stuff. And yeah, Lou, Lou was that the essence of it. And yes, he did take many big drags on heaters. You know, you're you had the opportunity to get sage advice from not another manager or whatever, but mm-hmm. people in your game who looked at the game and understood the game differently Mm -hmm. and uh i I don't again that's what you're saying about going into different areas having different jobs that that's where i was fortunate to go through two rebuilding things because you there's no greater 
teacher than experience. And if you only get experience in one, in, from one set of people, instead of a whole group of people, you're not going to be as you're not going to be as good. And uh, and people, you know, people want instant success right now. That's why there's so much uh, mobility. People are leaving things early uh, instead of staying. And uh, uh, and it's a different time. And how do you teach that now? You know, I think that's one of the, uh, one of the things uh, I try to talk about. You still got to do that. You, know, you still have to do it. I, I was fortunate to play for Bob Knight. And uh, my relationship with him helped me meet other outstanding coaches and I listened and I was around them and you know you do whatever work you need to do just to be at a table sometime to listen and uh, uh, the Mr. Ibas to coach Newell's and the people that were affecting coach Knight's coaching career uh, as a result of being around him you got to, to listen to them and uh uh, I was very fortunate to to have those opportunities. Well, Coach, this has just been really fascinating, uh, even more fascinating than I knew it would be. Uh, you, you've touched on a lot of themes that we touched on the, in the book, and you brought us to many other different places. Your insights are just incredible. Appreciate all of your time. Uh, before we let you go, um, it sounds like you're very busy. You're still challenging yourself. Um, give our listeners kind of an update on uh, on what your life is like these days and, and staying busy. Yeah, well, we still live. I'm a, my wife and I have a lifetime contract with Duke in, as ambassadors. So I'm in my same office. I have my same help. I, I do a lot of the stuff that I did when I coached, except I don't coach and recruit for our university. So that's great. I love Duke. My whole family lives here. My three daughters, our 10 grandchildren. When does that happen? They all live within 10 minutes of us. <laughs> so we're consumed with that. I do a lot of speaking all over the country for the Washington Speakers Bill. I have a show on Sirius XM. Uh, we're running a huge nonprofit for 17 years, the Emily Shazewski Center here in, in Durham. We, we now service about 2,000 kids and I'm as happy as can be. And I don't know about you, Joe, but for me, the greatest thing that's happened for me since retirement was the uh, discovery of mind space. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I'm at one thing, I can just think about that one thing. Mm -hmm. When you're a coach or whatever, you're always thinking about other things. And uh, I love that. And I love the fact that I'm I call myself an independent contractor right now. I'm <laughs> just responsible for me. And my wife sometimes says you need to be more responsible, but uh, I try to be as much as I can. But I'm happy, healthy, and uh, I've been the luckiest guy in the world. Beautiful, Coach. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. It's an honor to be with you. And uh, best of luck with the with the book. I uh yeah, you know, it, it, it's common sense. And to have uh, uh, the best writer and one of the best coaches ever in the game uh, to combine. I don't, I don't know who twisted each, who twisted the other guy's arm to do this. <laughs> I think I approached Tommy first and then uh, of course he was on board and 
during the pandemic, we really uh, worked a lot on it and eventually it came to fruition. Yeah, as you imagine, Coach K, it didn't take a lot of arm twisting to have the opportunity to get inside that mind. The most interesting man in baseball. Yeah, a good man. Good man. Love you guys. Thanks, All right. Coach. Thanks so much, Coach. Be well, Coach. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that was a pleasure, and, and Joe, your pressure's on now to take us out with something to follow up on uh, all those pearls of wisdom from Coach K. So so what do you have today? Yeah, I'm going with Coach K. Uh, my, hunger is, my hunger is not for success. It is for excellence, because when you attain excellence, success just naturally follows. I mean, that's pretty much what I got out of this whole conversation today. Uh, he's about doing things in an excellent manner, consistently and and again never being in a hurry and i love the fact that he's he empowers those around him he doesn't just try to preach all that stuff resonated with me man and again when you get some when you get a guy like that talking about things that validate kind of some of your own personal philosophies what could be better than that and i really believe after people coaches listen to this particular podcast they're going to walk away with the same kind of thoughts man uh, coach k just validated one of my thoughts it has to be absolutely on point Absolutely. Powerful stuff. Thanks to Coach K and thanks to you, Joe. See you next time. All right, buddy. You take care, man. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, Mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.